Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Aggieville Alleycast podcast, where come rain, shine, or anything in between, we're here to deliver to you the Kansas State sporting news that you so love. I'm Ace Edwards, right alongside Connor Balthazar. And welcome to this week's edition of the Weekly Recap. We're just going to be going, it's actually going to be a pretty, pretty short one. You know, we've said that multiple times and then end up with like 45 minute episodes, but we probably mean it this time. Uh, Feel free to yell us on Twitter if it's not. But we're going to be covering a little bit about the transfer portal for football, a little bit of men's basketball, a little bit of women's basketball, and then, of course, the wacky segment of the week. But let's go ahead and just start off straight ahead with the transfer portal. So we can, we'll just talk about the the players that have entered from K-State. There have only been four so far. Maybe there will be more after the bowl game. Who knows? But there have only been four so far. That is linebacker Crew Jackson, who is already committed to Arizona State. I think that happened like six hours after he entered the portal. (laughs) No, it was not a long time at all. Uh, Connor Fox, tight end, who recently got an offer from the University of Louisiana Monroe, where former K-State receiver Tyrone Howell is. And yes, I still do miss Tyrone Howell, and I think he would have been insane in this offense. But I guess we'll just have to settle for him mossing Darrell Jones. <laughs> it's an absolute shame that that's going to be like his only like true career highlight at K-State. Like, like he he was criminally underutilized. Uh, his one year here, and I think he would have really thrived this year. Yeah. Then quarterback Jaron Lewis, he entered the transfer portal, and then TJ the Wasp Smith entered the portal as well. I haven't seen anything about offers from either of them, but I imagine TJ probably stays FBS, probably goes to a, a G5, probably down south. But yeah, TJ, he put up some decent stats like in his career. Uh, he played some as a true freshman, got hurt. Um, Never was the his, same. Yeah, his best season was uh, last year at 29 tackles, two interceptions, a couple pass deflections, recovered a fumble. Um, but this year didn't really do a lot. Only 15 tackles in 11 games, or 19 total, I suppose. Crew Jackson only ever uh, did a little bit. He had uh, three tackles, a sack, and a pick this year. Connor Fox, uh it's like pretty crazy to me that he never got on the field more. He had two catches for nine yards in his career and didn't have any receptions this year. And Jaron Lewis, of course, played last year a little bit and didn't really put up good stats at all. Um, so, I mean, the guys that are leaving, TJ Smith is probably the one that hurts the most because uh, we are yeah, going to be no hurting. Yeah, we're going to be hurting at safety again. Uh, but I don't know. None of, I, I will miss Crew Jackson. I thought he had a, a high ceiling, but... Uh, it is what it is. Um, as far as portal losses go, uh, you can live. Um, I think if you're Chris Kleiman with who has left so far. Um, but I mean, still it does it does hurt to lose a guy like TJ Smith, uh, just because he's been around for a while, but it is what it is. I'm hopeful that we can uh, go out and improve in the portal. Yeah. I am as well. Like I like like you said, the the biggest loss here is definitely TJ. And that's you know, TJ was never bad. He was just never the same since his injury, which he was pretty solid pre-injury. After the injury, he was passable. Still could hit you like no one else on the team, except maybe Kobe Savage. But, you know, crew, that's a bit damaging for linebacker depth. But at the same time, I'm not sure there was a real clear path to playing time for him. 
Connor Fox probably saw that he was a year older than Ben Sinnott and thought, mm -mm. uh, Jaron, uh, Jaron got buried by the time he arrived here. So yeah, I, it's, I really hope that all these guys find a place that they can get playing time. I think Connor Fox, if he goes to ULM, probably will. Uh, TJ definitely will because he has P5 experience at safety. But as for, you know, who we're gaining, we don't have any commits yet. And there's very little public information. And we're we're not in the business of, you know, ganking paywall information because that's how people make their living. So we will instead recommend that you go subscribe to KSO. They still have that $1 special for the first year, if I'm right. So I think so. I don't uh, know. Probably. But yeah, go subscribe to, to KSO. They do really good recruiting work there. But yeah, that is the transfer portal for football done. Now we can move on to men's basketball. First game was up against Wichita State. It was a Wildcat victory, 55-50. to 50. This was the same night of the Big 12 championship. And the, the Big 12 championship football team made an appearance at halftime. It was a, you know, took a few pictures up on the concourse as well. It was a grand old time, but also a basketball game happened. And wow, it was not the most inspiring performance. <laughs> No, yeah, that that was uh, not a great game for for K State whatsoever, especially offensively. Defensively, they really locked down the second half. They only gave up eighteen points uh, in the second half, but uh, they got out to a really sluggish start, and even and that trailed into the uh, second half. But they were able to finally uh, kind of figure it out as they uh, got down the stretch. Uh, this was a shorthanded. KSA team as well, uh, Ishmasud and Baimia Giola. Uh, they both had walking boots on the sideline. Uh, so unfortunate to not have those guys available, but uh, yeah, KSA definitely did not put out their best performance. No. You want starters or bench players for stats? Uh, I'll take the bench players, I guess. <laughs> they're, they're, they didn't do a lot. But, okay. uh, <laughs> so you can take starters next game. Yeah. But in terms of the starting five, KJ Keontae Johnson played 30 minutes, was 7 of 14 from the field, 0 of 2 from 3, 3 of 6 on his free throws, got 5 boards, 2 fouls, 1 assist, 2 turnovers, 1 steal for a total of 17 points. And he was the leading scorer because it's KJ. Yeah, most of the time he will be. Naquan Tomlin got 33 minutes, was 5 for 12 from the field, got two threes, two of four on his free throw attempts. That there's no way that someone his size and with his athletic ability should be as good as he is at taking threes, but I'll I'll take it. <laughs> he had six boards, three fouls, one turnover, two blocks, two steals, 14 points. Marquise Noel was two of nine from the field with 30 on um, 37 minutes, one of six from three, six of nine on his free throw attempts. Five boards, two fouls, seven assists, one turnover, three steals, 11 total points. David Gasson had 26 minutes, three of four from the field, 0 of one from three, two of two on his free throws, six boards, one assist, one steal, eight points. Then wrapping up the starters was Cam Carter, played 30 minutes, one of six from uh, the field, one of three from three, three rebounds, four fouls, one block, one steal, and three points. 
So we had two, we had three people in double digits, but still it was, it was, it was a pretty rough offensive night, especially from three. We were four of 20 from three, which that you're not going to win that many games with that. We did, but (laughs) that's not sustainable. Yeah, and yeah, a lot of that is because luckily Wichita State was also four of twenty from three. So you don't win many games uh, like that. But when both teams uh, shoot that poorly from three, somebody does have to win. Yeah. Uh, and K State uh, before this game, they were one of the better free throw shooting teams in the entire Big Twelve, and they did not shoot well from free throws this game. Sixty two percent, thirteen and twenty one, not very good. Uh, Marquise Noel, six of nine. Uh, he missed a few key ones down the stretch, but yeah, I'm getting to the bench players. We did have a shallow bench for this game uh, with by Mujiola and Ishmael out. So Tyke Green uh, logs the only two bench points of the entire game. Uh, he goes one of three from the field, oh of one from three, one rebound, uh, one foul. The rebound was offensive. Uh, his only made field goal was a dunk, uh, and then Desi Sills played 28 minutes, oh four from three. 04 from the field, 03 from three, three rebounds, two fouls, four assists, two turnovers, a block. And then Dorian Finister played five minutes, had one rebound, uh, one turnover, and missed a shot. And that was it. Uh, but yeah, this is not the most inspiring performance. Uh, Marquise Noel does put up a great assist to turnover ratio, seven to one. That's fantastic. Uh, this year, uh, through the uh, uh, nine games K State has played, he has a 8.2 assist to 2.4 turnover ratio right now, which is absolutely fantastic. That's one of the best ones in the country. Uh, and I th- think he's got to be pretty close to leading the country in assists. Uh, so he's having a really, really great season. Um, but yeah, not a not a great night uh, for uh, K-State. Uh, one of the big things Wichita State did that I noticed during the game was they were just getting absolutely everybody back. Uh uh, to defend, they'd send one guy, one or two guys, maybe for an offensive board. But guys in the wings were immediately going back after a shot to defend against transition because uh, they knew uh, how much we thrive on uh, those transition buckets um, and big dunks. But their their mission was to defend that, and it mostly worked. Uh, we only had two fast break points. We did have 17 points off turnovers, but we really weren't able to get out and transition and go fast like we like to, uh, and then. Put that on top of not shooting well, just 36% as a team, 20% from three. Uh, just pretty difficult game to watch at times, and it only got worse in the second half uh, because Wichita State was not scoring at all in the second half. K-State wasn't doing too well either. Uh, got a little bit better uh, late in the game when we needed to clutch up, which uh, at least that is something that this team can say is they are pretty clutch. Uh, they perform well down the stretch. Um, but definitely a frustrating game against a Wichita State squad that I don't think is going to be very good this year. Uh, they're uh, four and four at the time of this game, and they did not look fantastic at all uh, in this uh, uh, in this match. Uh, and they're they're four and four as things stand. They have not played a game since uh, K State played them. Uh, so yeah, being five hundred at this point in the season is not very good. Most of K State's competition thus far. Uh, this year has not been great with the exception of like Nevada, LSU and Butler. Uh, like Cal is still winless, I think. Yeah, uh, they are. And yeah, they're own 10 now. They just lost to Eastern Washington uh, oh by two. Uh, they did uh, 
put up a decent fight against number four, Arizona. Uh, but they, uh, yikes, they are having a really, really bad season. Uh, it's shocking that Mark Fox has not been fired already. Uh, yeah. He'll be lucky to make it to Christmas at this rate. They are playing Butler, actually, uh, coming up really soon. So that'll be a nice measuring stick, I guess, <laughs> uh, for K-State fans. But yeah, uh, been a rough uh, slate thus far for the K-State non-con uh, for their opponents. But yeah, this Wichita State game was well attended. The atmosphere was really good, especially in the second half uh, after the uh, football team came in and got everybody uh, uh, more hype. Uh Almost 9,000 people attended, which is a lot better than I thought it would be, given that we were down in Arlington uh, and we had just won the Big 12 like five hours before. Yeah. Uh, so they they did a good job uh, getting people out uh, to Bramlage. And if it uh, if we hadn't had the Big 12 title or the Big 12 title is a different day, then this game uh, probably gets pretty close to a sellout, but just wasn't quite able to do that. Yeah. But yeah, that was the Wichita State game. Next up was up against the other Purple Wildcats. I have to be more specific there, like four. The Abilene Christian Purple Wildcats. This was an 81-64 to dub. And also one of many instances of K-State fandom collectively deciding that ESPN Plus is responsible for all of the world's problems. <laughs> yeah, people were not happy at all with ESPN Plus. They... Oddly, like if you really think about it, they've been fairly reliable for the most part, honestly. Like I've not I've never really had that many issues with them. This is like the first time in a while I've had an issue with ESPN Plus. Um, but yeah, it was very frustrating to miss a majority of the uh first half. Um, which uh should have just gone through Hulu. I didn't realize you could do that until too late. But um I, I just listened to Wyatt Thompson's commentary until I could get into the game. But yeah, yeah, to be, pretty, be, be pretty flushed. Being fair, it's not like we really wanted to watch that that bit of the first half because it was awful. <laughs> that is true. We missed probably the worst part of the game because we were uh, not doing well uh, for a while in this game. Uh, pretty much the entire first half, although we did uh, make a run to ultimately take the lead at the very end of the uh, of the half. But yeah, we. At one point, we were down uh, 21 to 10, uh, and they were just shooting the lights out. Uh, it was not great. Uh, they ultimately end up shooting a very human 36.8% from three, 45.5% from the field. That's Abilene Christian. But they got out to a very, very hot start, but that just was not sustainable. Yeah. No, it wasn't. You have the starters for K-State. Yep. So in this game, uh, leading the charge and scoring was David Gasson. I uh, played 33 minutes and was perfect from the field. He was nine of nine and then one of one from three. He did shoot terribly from the free throw line, though. Four of 11, uh, very, very bad. Uh, then had five rebounds, one uh, foul, one assist and two blocks. He ended up with 23 points. Uh, that's a career high uh, for David Gasson. So he he really did have a great day. Marquise Noel, uh, he played 38 minutes, 5 of 13 from the field, 2 of 6 from 3, uh, then 3 of 3 at the free throw line, uh, then had 6 rebounds, 2 offensive, 4 defensive, 1 foul, 12 assists, 2 4 turnovers, 1 block, 3 steals, had 15 points, so he gets the double-double with assists. Uh, and then Naquan Tomlin, 
Uh, he's had a better return to form the last few games. Uh, played 32 minutes, 4-7 from the field, 0-1 from 3, 4-4 four, four at the free throw line, 8 rebounds, 2 of them offensive, 2 fouls, 1 assist, 1 turnover, 2 steals, and then 12 points. Keontae Johnson played 30 minutes, 5-10 from the field, 0-1 from 3, 2 of 3 from the free throw line, 7 rebounds, uh, 3 of them were offensive, uh, and then 3 fouls, 3 assists, 3 turnovers, a steal, 12 points. And one of those field goals was a, the number two play on the ESPN top 10, the, uh, the rare triple alley-oop. Um, <laughs> that, oh, that was a play that will go down uh, in the ages uh, when Marquise Noel went off the backboard and um, left the ball up for either Cam Carter, Keontae Johnson, or Naquan Tomlin. Keontae Johnson is ultimately the one that threw it down, but Naquan Tomlin was right there behind him uh, made for a, a, a Really funny and cool highlight. Yeah. Uh, and Cam Carter was the final starter. Uh, went three of five from the field, 0 2 from three, one to two at the free throw line, two rebounds, two fouls, three assists, a turnover, and seven points for Cam Carter. Yeah. So starters did very well. All but one of them were in double digits scoring. Nathan Gasson had an excellent day outside of three throws. Yeah. He completely tanked our free throw uh, percentage uh, for this game. Uh, at least, well, him and one other person really did. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was not not a great job for, for him at the free throw line. Yeah. Which the bench players, there were only three, really two. The first was Ty, not Tyke Green, Desi Sills. He played 24 minutes, three of seven from the field, oh, one from three, two of five on his free throw attempts. So that's the other part of the tank there. Two rebounds, three fouls, three assists, three turnovers, one steal, eight total points. Then Tyke Green played at 12 minutes, two of two from the field, didn't attempt a three, got one, got two rebounds, missed a free throw, then ended up committing a foul for four total points. Then Nate Aubrey came in at the very end and got the coveted zero plus time. <laughs> time Congratulations, Nate. That's that's a that's a bigger accomplishment than a triple double in my opinion honestly yeah that's that's a rare sight on a box score this year plus so congratulations Nate Aubrey for that uh, uh that, that rare occasion but yeah he didn't really do anything he just came in yeah uh to stand there effectively uh, after the game was already settled yep but this game was was certainly a lot better than the Wichita State game and that's other than the the beginning of Ibeline Christian, like you said, shooting the lights out. I they were insane in that first half. Yeah, it, it was crazy how well they were shooting uh, for a while, and uh, they even continued a little bit into the uh, uh, into the uh, the second half. But K State really uh, was the uh, team that uh, ultimately was able to stretch it out um, as the second half went on. They made it double digits uh, at about the 15 minute mark and then didn't really look back at that point. The closest it ever got after that was 11 uh, and got as far out as 17, which I think was the ultimate margin uh, that stayed at by the end. Um, But K-State controlled for a majority of the second half here. Yeah. So the next men's basketball game is this Sunday up against Incarnate Word in Bramlage Coliseum at 2 p.m. So if you're not doing anything, come on down to Bramlage. 
or come on up depending on where you're located. <laughs> yeah. But the frustrating game, I guess, because of the first half, you'd like yeah. to beat Abilene Christian by a lot more. Um, defense has been spotty at times. Um, offense has been spotty at times. Uh, so there's definitely going to be some games where we're just going to get blown out. And then there's going to be games where we get out in transition. We're going to be able to really mess somebody up. But this team is definitely going to have some frustrating moments, I think, if they aren't able to put together more consistent offense and more consistently be locked in on defense. Yeah. Um, I, I am hopeful that we don't trip up throughout the end of non-conference. Uh, Nebraska is a better team than they were last year because they were not very good last year at all. They did knock off Creighton, although Creighton has not been as good as advertised. They lost three straight, albeit all to very good teams in Arizona, Texas, and Nebraska. So, in fact, they played four straight ranked squads on Nebraska. So they they had a pretty difficult schedule there. But, yeah, Nebraska will definitely have a pulse uh, far different from last year when they were not very good at all. Uh, so yeah, that's going to be a big game uh, here in a, about a uh, about 10 days at this point, nine days. It's coming yeah. up. It, 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 he's coming. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but, yeah, now we can move to women's catsketball. And the first game was up against Houston. Went through this game one and six and made it terrifying towards the end and was winning in the first quarter, but that was about it. The final score ended up being 73 to 59 in favor of your KC Wildcats. And this was another game where, you know, they Houston's just a very aggressive team. So they just take advantage of every single mistake that you make which makes them terrifying and I don't quite get how they were how they are 1 and 7 now. Like bad luck I guess, but <laughs> unlucky could have happened to anybody. <laughs> yeah. I this was a an intriguing game. I'll take the starters for this one. Because K-State didn't shoot particularly well and we'll get into that in a sec, but the starter who logged the most minutes and also got the most points was Jalen Glenn, who had 36 minutes, 4 of 13 from the field, 2 of 6 from 3, 8 of 12 for free throws, 8 rebounds, 2 fouls, 3 assists, 7 turnovers, 2 blocks, 3 steals, 18 points. You don't like the amount of turnovers, you and you don't like the 3-point the percentage there. I, I guess the 3-point percentage is all right, but... Field goal percentage isn't great. Yeah, field goal percentage is not good. Uh, Serena Sundell played 34 minutes, 2 of 5 from the field, 1 of 3 from 3, perfect from her feet, free throws, 6 of 6. 6 rebounds, 2 fouls, 8 assists, 2 steals, 11 points. Emily Ebert, 29 minutes, 2 of 6 from the field, 0 of 4 from 3, 3 of 3 from the free throw line, 4 rebounds, 3 fouls, 1 assist, 2 turnover, 1 block, 7 total points. Sarah Shamatsi, who's really you know, been hit or miss as a shooter, but when she's on, she's probably the best shooter on the team. And when she's not, it's, she's fine, I guess. She ended up getting 20 minutes, three of seven uh, from the field, 0 of two from three, four rebounds, one foul, one turnover, six points. The last starter was Briley Glenn. She had 19 minutes, one of four from the field, one rebound, three fouls, one assist, two turnovers, one steal, so two total points. It's also worth noting that uh, 
Well, no, you can take it because the first person off the bench is only coming off the bench because she's playing a little hobbled. Yeah. And I did go and check Houston's schedule. Uh, Other than the KCA game is the only game they've lost by double digits all year. Everything else has been a single digit loss. So they are probably a little bit better than their record indicates. Two and seven, still two and seven at this rate. But uh, they do have two wins at this point. Um, But but still, I, I digress. Gabby Gregory came off the bench in this game uh, because she's been dealing with uh, an ankle issue uh, that she sustained during the uh, Cayman, not Cayman, uh, Paradise Jam. Jam, Yeah. Uh, You and I have done both done that. Yeah. But Gabby Gregory goes 34 minutes, six of 13 for the field, two of six from three, seven of eight at the free throw line, five rebounds. Two of them were offensive, uh, one foul, two turnovers. Uh, to assist one steal finishes with 21 points. So continuing her outstanding scoring season uh, to this point, she's averaging 20 points a game. Uh, so she's filling that void for scoring that we uh, desperately needed. And so she uh, definitely played through a lot of pain and had a pretty nice night. Uh, then Eliza Moppin played 21 minutes. Uh, going two of three from the field, six rebounds, two fouls, a turnover, a steal, had four points. At least one of those was on a lob, um, as I recall. Uh, we've been throwing a lot of lobs her just because she can jump very high yeah. Um, just go up and grab them. I'm waiting for uh, her to yam one. I think she can do it. I'm waiting for the day. I That would be pretty sweet. That would blow the roof off of Bramlage, I think, if that happened. But uh, then Heavenly Greer played four minutes, made one shot on one attempt. One rebound, one foul, had two points. And then Taylor Lauterbach played three minutes, made two free throws, and had a foul, so had two points. Uh, And that did it for the lineup for this game. Yeah, this game got a little closer than you would like uh, as it came to its conclusion. Uh, K-State was able to do a really good job in the second and third quarters uh, against Houston, but Houston was able to make it uh, able to able to narrow the margin in the fourth quarter a little bit more. Uh, K State still ends up winning by uh, fourteen, so uh, roughly where they started uh, in the second quarter or in the fourth quarter, I should say. So nothing crazy, but definitely got a little bit closer than you would like at certain points. And then K State turning it over eighteen times compared to thirteen assists. Uh, that's oh, I'm sorry, I was looking at Houston stats. <laughs> Uh, they yeah, turned we, over 15 times compared to 15 assists, which still isn't good. No, it's but, still not good at all. But yeah, and the, they were not great uh, in that department. Uh, only shoot 40.4% uh, through the game, 23% from three. Did shoot 84% at the free throw line. K-State, a fantastic free throw shooting team. They're 12th in the country in that regard, 79.6% as a team, which is really, 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 really good. Uh, their uh, assist to turnover ratio is also really good as well. A uh, lot to like about this K-State team uh, thus far. Uh, one of the better scoring teams in the country as well, 9-1. Uh, I'd like to see them face uh, stiff competition on a more consistent basis. But, I mean, they've been off to a really good start. And they ultimately put away a Houston team that's probably a little bit better in their record indicates, although it's still not a good team. Uh, so, I don't know. Uh, any he- final thoughts? Future, Any final thoughts? future Big 12 member next year. Yeah, yeah, they will be. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing how they work out the uh, scheduling um, 
I, I think they may have announced it already, but uh, I am curious to see how it's done because we haven't gotten the football schedules yet either, mm-hmm. which it's it feels late. I don't know if it actually is late. It is. Yeah, but I, I would like to know uh, what they're going to do because I think they have said they're not doing divisions for football, which I think is probably the right move. Um, but I, I don't know. Getting a little bit off track there, so I guess we can move on to the second women's basketball game. Yep. And that is up against UKC. I still struggle not calling it UMKC. They dropped the M. I don't ask me why. It's still in Missouri. But <laughs> playing up against UKC, this was a 72 to 45 <laughs> Wildcat victory. And I'm going to be completely honest with you. Before we go into stats, this was mean. This this game got mean real quick. I because we we started putting on the full court press and they just couldn't break it. They just could not break the press. And we just refused like even when the game was well in hand in the fourth, we just kept doing it. And honestly, it got to the point where it kind of felt like bullying. But at the same time, it was kind of funny. Like I did not watch this game. Uh, I forgot it was happening and slept through it because I had my first final on the same day and I got home and I said, I'm going to just take a short nap because I don't have anything else to do today. I don't have another final till next week. So I was like, I'm just going to like take a, a breather, like relax a little bit. And then I woke up six hours later and I was like, well, I, I guess I missed a basketball game. I didn't even know that was happening. Uh, so yeah. I, I, I'm relying entirely on the box score here when it comes to my analysis. Cause yeah. I, if you want the story of this game, look at, look at UKC's turnover to assist ratio. My goodness. That is awful. Uh, you, you can take the honors at that? Cause wow. Yeah. So I'll just briefly go over some notable stats from UKC. Uh, Cause I, if you thought I was exaggerating when I said it was bullying, their assist to turnover ratio was 12 assists to 33 turnovers. Yikes. That is really bad. It's bad enough to have a negative turnover ratio. Goodness gracious, they almost tripled it. Yeah, that's a that's a one to three uh assist to turnover ratio right there. I mean, just about. Then also another weird stat from them is they had a player with zero points and 13 rebounds. Why do they have Dennis Rodman on this team? Like that is ridiculous. <laughs> I, also I just one of seven from three. <laughs> yeah. Which is weird. They only took seven threes and then they also, and one person took six of those threes as well. And they had one other person attempt one and they didn't make it, but yeah, 14% from three for uh, Kansas city. 34% from the field. They shot 54% in the first quarter and then sub 30 the rest of the way. Wow. Uh, not a good game for the ruse. It seems uh, no, not, nah, not great because uh, uh, they, they were only down by two after one and, and then, then Jeff Mitty got angry and okay. took it personally. Oh no. He, yeah, we figured out they couldn't break the press, and then they basically exploded on the court. But you can take the you can take the starters, which there were a lot of people who got minutes in this game. Yeah. Uh, so Emily Ebert leads the way uh, in scoring in this one. 
uh, going 21 minutes, four of eight from the field, two of three from three, and then a perfect four of four at the free throw line. Had three rebounds, two of them offensive, one assist, one block, one steal, had a foul as well. Good for 14 points. So leading the way uh, was Emily Ebert uh, in the scoring column. Good for her. Um, and then um, following behind her was Gabby Gregory, who had one of uh, her most modest uh, outings on the season uh, in terms of uh, scoring. Uh, she um, had 12 points on four of nine from the field, one of four from three, three of four at the free throw line, six rebounds, two offensive, one foul, three assists, zero turnovers, and three steals. A lot of steals for the K-State team today. Um, Serena Sundell goes 26 minutes as well, two of six from the field, 0 of two from three, four of four at the free throw line, four rebounds, two offensive, six assists to two turnovers, and then... One block, two, three steals, and eight points. Then Jalen Glenn, uh, she starts, gets 25 minutes, one of nine from the field, 0 of two from three, so not great shooting the ball at all. Three of four from the free throw line, three rebounds, one offensive, four fouls, two assists, four steals, and five points. And then Sarah Shamazi rounds out the starting lineup, one of six from the field. All of those were three-point attempts. Uh, four rebounds, three fouls, two turnovers, and four steals finished with three points. So, yeah, the, the big takeaway there is that the starters all had fairly modest numbers. Uh, Ever gets a, a nice 14 points. Uh, she's actually 100% on free throws on the season, uh, which I, I am checking her uh, stats online. Uh, so uh, good for her. Um, pretty fantastic uh, to still be perfect from the line uh, at this point in the year that probably puts her in like the thirties on attempts roughly. I'm not going to go through and count, but you know, she, uh, I'm doing a good job. Uh, Gregory has an okay night, but probably taking a little bit easier um, with the uh, um, ankle injury, but you have the rest of the players, um, which there's basically two starting lineups in this game because yeah. uh of how many players played and how long they played. Yeah. So the one who logged the most minutes was Briley Glenn. That's actually on the team. She logged the most minutes with 31. She was 5'11 from the field, 0 of 3 from 3, made her one free throw, got one board, one foul, five assists, one turnover, four steals. So she matched her her twin sister. Jalen is leading the, I think, the country in steals. If not the country, definitely the conference. But Briley had 11 points. Eliza Maupin, the Alley Cat favorite, came in for 20 minutes, five of eight from the field. This was another incident. Maupin was bullying them just by being more athletic than them. Uh, two rebounds, one foul, four turnovers, unfortunately, but 10 total points. Again, once she figures it out, it's, it's going to be insane. Heavenly Greer had eight minutes, two of three from the field, three of three from the charity stripe, two rebounds, two fouls, one block, seven points. Taylor Lauterbach, 10 minutes, 0 of two from the field, two of two on her free throws, three rebounds, one foul, four blocks, one steal. You could then, say that she had some lotter blocks in this game. Four of them, actually. Please clap. I am. Don't worry. I am. I'm good. That's a good one. Normally I'm the pun guy. I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. I actually thought of that earlier today. <laughs> I've been waiting <laughs> to use it all day. 
Glad you got the opportunity, man. I really. appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> then Rebecca Dollinger got <laughs> got 12 minutes. 0 of 3 from the field, 0 of 2 from 3, 2 rebounds, 3 fouls, 1 turnover, 1 block, no points. And Michaela Parks came in for 2 minutes and missed her 1 field goal attempt. And then got one foul. But, you know, it. the The main concern with this game is definitely, this was just a night that we won by high volume of twos. Three-point shooting still remains really, really inconsistent with this team. I just hope it doesn't get as bad as it got last year, where we ended up, what, like, at one point we were 0 for, like, 24 against KU last year. If yeah. it, I just hope it never, ever, ever ever gets that bad again yeah I, I think the big thing in this game that probably leads to that is pressing and i think we're just not used to that and we just had tired legs i'm imagining we're not going to be doing a full court press the whole year and also i do think that this team is nursing some injuries and just needs needs a, a break which that's coming pretty soon i think they play south dakota this weekend south and dakota state South Dakota State. That was the difference. And they, uh, South Dakota State is much better. That is true, actually. South Dakota State is actually really good. Uh, so this will, this will actually be a, a pretty tough test. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, going to be tough sledding uh, until they get past finals and then they'll get a bit of a reprieve and then get in the Big 12 play. Um, do you know, so Rebecca Dollinger is having a really rough start to the year through 10 games, 8% shooting on the year, 7% from three. Uh, not great at all from Rebecca Dollinger averaging just 0.6 points per game on 14 minutes. Uh, yeah. Not very good. Uh, at least averaging 1.8 assists, so doing something. Uh, but she's having a really rough start to the year. Uh, Heavenly Greer, though, on the other hand, had a bit of a rough start to the year, just wasn't doing a lot. Pretty productive in eight minutes. Uh, so good for her. Hopefully finally knocking, knocking off the uh, the rust. Uh, after being in the NCAA shadow realm for all of last year. So uh, yeah, hopefully getting uh, better in that department than Eliza Mop and obviously puts up a pretty solid stat line Four turnovers, but that's just what you're going to get with Eliza Mop and she's learning. Uh, she's like a baby giraffe out there. So no, she'll she's, get better. Much more, she's much more graceful. It's just like the thing is she's a very graceful athlete and she's a freak athlete. Just a lot of it comes down to like, okay, I have a basketball. I guess that's what I'm doing now. <laughs> yeah, she, that, that, she was getting fed a lot and she just yeah. lost the handle. Yeah, She's a natural athlete and she's going to be great. Uh, just needs to mature in the uh, basketball IQ department, which that will come with time because she's a smart player. She just hasn't played a ton of high level basketball. And so it is what it is. She'll get better. I'm not, I'm not too worried about that. And I'm, I'm, I was happy to see all of our starters not really eclipse the mid 20 minutes uh, range. I'm glad Jeff Mitty took this as an opportunity to really rest most of the starters, uh, which again, that also contributed a little bit to our free throw or three point rate being pretty poor or uh, percentage because uh, nobody on the bench made a three. Uh, and then also Sarah Shimansi going one to six wasn't great. Uh, so I, I don't imagine that it's going to be that bad. For most of the year, again, I said that last year, we were we were convinced last year that it had to get better 
and it didn't. really didn't as the season <laughs> went. So hopefully uh, that 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 goes differently this year because we do need to keep the outside shooting um, at least at an average rate uh, to really have success this year. Yeah, I agree. Especially getting into Big Twelve play, and it can't be just one person. It it needs to be like that. Like we said earlier this year, it needs to be the the three-headed monster of Gabby Gregory, Serena Sundell, and pick someone else. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I just it doesn't really matter who that, that third person is. Up until this point, it's been Jalen Glenn. She's actually averaging more points per game than Serena right now. She's averaging 14 and a half a game. So if that's gonna be our three-headed monster this year. That's fine by me. And then plug in somebody else. But we've shown that we have other people that can perform at a high level. Uh, Shamatsi was huge in that win over Iowa. Uh, so hopefully uh, she can find her stroke uh, and continue uh, and pick up where she left off in that game. But yeah, uh, women, women's basketball in pretty good form right now. South Dakota State is going to be the big test. Uh, I think we traveled to face them last year. And that ended up being a really, really close game. Yeah. Um, so hopefully we're able to uh, do a decent job against them. They are five and four this year, but they do have a win at number 10 Louisville. And their only bad loss really is at Washington State. And that's a pretty good Washington State team as well. They're seven and one. Uh, so, um, yeah, this is not a pushover team uh, whatsoever. Uh, the only issue with this game upcoming in South Dakota State is that it doesn't seem to be broadcast anywhere. anywhere. Like, I don't think uh, there's no TV broadcast for it, which is really odd. Uh, ESPN Plus just did not pick it up. Uh, I guess it's because they didn't want to take all the K-State HDTV equipment out to Municipal for one game, which I do not blame them. Yeah. Uh, and then ESPN Plus wasn't going to do their own broadcast outside of the uh, K-State setup. I get it, but a little disappointing. But I imagine Smaller will be out there anyways uh, to provide a radio broadcast so you can listen to Smaller Vision. I don't know if there's a nickname for him, but <laughs> should be. He's awesome. There should be. Yeah. yeah, he's really, really good. Yeah, we that pretty much wraps up the actual news segment. So now we can get into the wacky segment of the week and. Connor, let me let me paint you a picture as a as a little bit of a primer for for the wacky segment, right? All right. So you're a football recruit, right? What no, position you want to be? What po- <laughs> okay? Um, <laughs> what position you want to play? I'll be realistic and say the one that I played and was best at, which was right tackle. Okay, so you're you're number one right tackle in the country. That's right? awesome. Let's say that number one right tackle. Congratulations. Thanks. You have offers from literally everywhere in the country, everywhere, every single school from the biggest power five to the absolute smallest, most irrelevant NAIA school has offered. Absolutely. Okay. So, but you have to present, you're presented with a challenge. All right. You must commit to, and then decommit from four universities before you make a final commitment. All right. What universities are you picking and what university are you eventually committing to on your fifth shot? Okay. First of all, when are these commitments happening in my recruitment? 
Uh, let's go senior year. These are senior year right. commitments. You wrote okay. out your recruitment. Okay. These are all like back to back to back to back. Yes. Like, you don't stay committed to a place more than like a week or two. Okay. And since I have offers from everywhere, am I like a five star? Yes. Okay. Perfect five star right tackle. All right. The first thing I would do would be a complete publicity stunt and I would commit to Pittsburgh State just to like give them like a ton of like recognition. I'm not even like a huge Pitt State fan, even though I'm from Pittsburgh. Like I didn't grow up a massive Pitt State fan, but I just do them a solid and like commit there for a couple of weeks just for fun. Okay. Just like see what happens, like go on a recruiting visit and stuff and take some pics with Gus the Gorilla and chill at Carmen right. Smith Stadium, I guess. All right. Then I would decommit, obviously, because I'm not going to go to Pitt State if I'm a five star. Um, And then after that, I would probably go to exclusively D1 FBS at this point. I, I won't screw with people as much anymore. Uh, the first school that I would pick to commit to would be Wichita State, of course. I'm just kidding. And they don't have a football team. Uh, I would probably first go with Alabama. I would go to, I would pick Alabama and be like, this is such a great school and it's really, really good. I'm looking forward to going here. And then two weeks later, I would say that was a bold face lie. And I, I shook Nick Saban's hand, looked him in the eyes and lied to him. And I would decommit. And then after that, I would go to Ohio State. And I'd say, uh, I I would really like to go here instead. Actually, I was lying to Nick Saban, but I'm not lying to you. And then I would shake Ryan Day's hand and I would cross my fingers behind my back as I did it. So it didn't count. And then I would decommit from there like a week later. So now I'm at three schools that I've decommitted from. Uh, so I need one more school to decommit from. And that would be KU. And then I would be like, I grew up a K-State fan, but I really respect KU's commitment to classic architecture by not putting indoor plumbing in their stadium. And I think that's really cool. So I'm going to commit here. And then I would then decommit from there. And I would, of course, fully after my four decommitments come to K-State. After the four decommitments, you finally are, you are only 25% committed all the other times. Now yeah. you're 100, nay, 1,000% committed. One th to the I am 1,000% committed to the University <laughs> of Kansas State, <laughs> is what I would say in my Twitter notes or my like, Apple, my iPhone notes screenshot that I would put on Twitter, along with some very grainy Google stock images of Bill Snyder Family Stadium. And Dude, I guarantee you, if you did that and that was your commitment message, the immediate response from people would be, oh, no, he's not staying here. Correct. And then I would surprise everybody by by staying there. And then I know that that would be like one of the stories of college football and everybody would be like, this guy lacks commitment and is like a terrible person, obviously. And it, it would all just be a bit the whole time so the moral of that story is don't read into the minds of teenagers too much when they don't go somewhere they originally said they would <laughs> yeah so i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna tell you my story i'm gonna i'm gonna take it in a in a similar direction i'm not an offensive tackle i'm gonna be a nose tackle I'm gonna be a, a good old old-fashioned five-star perfect ranked defensive tackle second coming of Aaron Donald except for better because Aaron Donald was like a two-star 
coming out of high school. That's true. So I'm basically just like Aaron Donald NFL right out the box. Cool. So my entire mission is to get less than legitimate funds and secure the bag as quickly as possible and have none of the universities ever be able to say anything about it because they were ill-begotten funds. So first place I'm going, Texas A&M. I can extort them the most. I can extort them the most, absolutely. Because absolutely everyone on this earth knows damn well Texas A&M does not wait for recruit NIL to happen. Now, nope. Ace, you shouldn't insult the good character of Jimbo Fisher. He would never violate NCAA rules and regulations like that. And I frankly find it offensive that you insinuate such a thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> I am lying. <laughs> You're, you are decommitting from that statement. <laughs> yeah, I have decommitted from telling you the truth. <laughs> what I have done. All right, so... Texas A&M, I get a little bit of oil money. You know, I get I get a little bit of that 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 oil money and then say, you know what? Thank you, Jimbo Fisher. I really appreciate the fact that you just paid off my parents' mortgage. However, <laughs> my recruitment is now 100% open. Hashtag God's plan. Hashtag respect my decision. Due and to personal reasons. Due to personal reasons, I will be decommitting from Texas A&M University. So... I then go to USC and then get ill-begotten funds from Lincoln Riley. And then I sit down and he says, we're so glad to have you as a defensive commit because God does our defense need it. We're so happy to have you here. Take a bite of this brisket. I take one bite of the brisket, immediately start choking like it's a Popeye's biscuit, and then proceed to say, Lincoln Riley... Thank you so much. But according to God's plan, hashtag 100% committed, hashtag respect my decision, I am decommitting from the University of Southern California. Now, you may be asking, wow, you just fleeced two of the richest universities in the country. Where are you going to go next? Where are you going to go next? Well, let me tell you where I'm going to go next. Okay. I am going to be going to the University of Texas, and I'm going to commit to them for exactly one day and then shower for three days straight afterwards, not only in the money that they have definitely just given me, but also because I need to get their stench off of me. But I will commit there for exactly one day and then in my 100% decommitted hashtag God's plan, hashtag respect my decisions, hashtag no free advertisements, I will put a picture of myself doing the horns down <laughs> as I leave. So at this point, I'm driving three new cars. My parents' mortgage is paid off. I don't have to worry about rent for the rest of my life. So this last one is just for fun. This last one, I'm going to go ahead and commit to Miami. Florida or Ohio? Take your pick. <laughs> <laughs> Florida. What's the difference? I guess I'm going to take, I'm going to take it down to Florida, so I can get promised nil money, and then have that money be taken away, probably washed up by a hurricane or something. Who knows? It's Miami. And then finally, for my one thousand percent commitment, that will be one hundred percent respected by everyone on Twitter. 
I will be committing to Kansas State University to play nose tackle and break every single defensive record, including interceptions at nose tackle. So not only do am I set for life, I don't have to play a down in the NFL. Mm-mm. I don't have to play a single down in the NFL because I just ganked the richest universities in the country's money and there's not a single thing they can do about it. I get to play for the best university in terms of campus in the country. 100% committed. But you, I will respect your decision. <laughs> there are like three people that stayed through that entire thing. <laughs> and I respect their decision as well. <laughs> but no, yeah, I, I like that. And that, that also brings up the sub point of how every single recruit has the exact same language and all of their like recruitment related dealings. I I love how there's like this universal like code or like uh uh outline that they all use. Yeah. <laughs> and I I just think it's very funny uh how everybody like just goes through like the same words and motions and is like due to personal reasons and for reasons within my control <laughs> I will be hashtag decommitting from school I do not care about. Please do not respect my decision because I do not care. <laughs> I would love to see a recruit just like go against all like the trends in that regard and just like say the most outlandish things uh, throughout their recruitment. Yeah, like, because right. even the people that do outlandish things still say very run of the mill stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like Dylan Edwards, like decommitted from Notre Dame and like had a very normal message. Same thing happened with K State, which granted, he his recruitment isn't that abnormal. I think people make it out to be like this, like crazy, incredible thing. He's just decommitted from two schools. Like plenty yeah. of people do that and much more. K-State has Wesley what Watson of, yeah, committed right yeah, now. One of our players did that. Wesley Watson was committed two different places before K-State and nobody bad tonight that. So it, it feels different because he flipped away from us. Everybody like takes it like personally. And I understand that. Um, but I don't know. This is this is all a message of don't take the decisions of high schoolers too seriously. Even though we do cover recruiting a lot on the show, and it's a lot of fun. I love it when KSA gets great commits. Don't get mad if they don't come here. Like, like the, the, it's a, it's a, it's not a good look, and which most people don't. So, that most people listening to this show don't really even need to worry about that. So. I'm not going to preach about this for that long, but whatever happens, happens is basically what I'm saying over the next few weeks. Although I am feeling good about recruiting. This is not on the outline, but um, got to be, got to be feeling good uh, coming off of a conference title and an impending matchup with Bama uh, with how recruiting is going uh, with how portal recruiting is going. Got to feel good because you plug a few holes on this team and we're looking to uh, run it back. Uh, next year uh, and hopefully we have put the big money donors into a zoom call with gene taylor and he has told them oklahoma state is slipping tcu is probably the only real competition going forward like along with like baylor and that like with the other schools going out this is our shot to like establish ourselves at the top so like we need to like go all in like right now and like establish ourselves yeah. like I'm hoping there have been discussions about that because we are in a 
position. I don't think we expected to be in, but we need to, even if we like slipped and like fell our way into this spot, we need to take advantage and establish ourselves as like a, to- a perennial top three program, in the big 12. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, that, that pretty much wraps up this episode of the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. If you want to contact the show, you can follow us on Twitter at Aggieville Cats. That's capital A, capital A, and capital C and Cats. If you want to email us, we're AggievilleAlleyCats at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on a more personal note, I am at ACEdwards00. I'm at Connor Balthazor, capital C, capital B. And if you want to support the show financially, please be sure to check out the official Aggieville Alley Cats merch store, where you can find such designs as the staff-approved Doom Tang Clan, Play Sandstorm Cowards, and Neon Alley Cats. But most importantly, thank you all for listening to this episode of the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast. Where come rain, shine, or anything in between, we're here to deliver to you the Kansas State sporting news that you so love. Stay safe, Alley Cats.